Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for the podcaster that's here to take your mind off of stuff and keep you company, patrons. Thank you so much for making that possible. What do you say we slow it down and get on with the show? Uh, Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. And I'll do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside... Whatever is keeping you awake, uh, it could be thoughts you're thinking about on your mind uh, that from the past, the present, and the future. It could be physical sensations. It could be feelings, uh, emotions coming up for you. Maybe it's changes in time or temperature or routine. Maybe it's travel or you're expecting something. You got something coming up. It may, maybe just whatever it is. It could be anything. Uh, whatever's keeping you awake, I'm here to keep you company and kind of take your mind off of it. Not immediately. It's kind of like a slow thing. Uh, and the way I do that or the way I propose to attempt to do it is to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. So that means I'm going to go off topic, I'm going to get mixed up, uh, then I'm going to go backtrack and talk about nothing, Uh, but all to keep you company so you could fall asleep. So creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, and that is kind of how the show works. It kind of feels like, are you ever going to get to the point? Are you ever going to make sense? I said, no, I'm here to keep you company and to talk about something you don't need to listen to. And that's one of the first things that uh, might be hard if you're a new listener. You say, wait a second, this is a podcast I don't really listen to, but you're talking and you're supposed to tell a story, right? And I say, yeah, eventually, but it's kind of a story you could listen to. So the podcast is here and I'm here to the very end. So if you can't sleep, you can listen But I think the fact that the listening is optional, you say, okay, you're going to be here to tell me a story for the next hour or so. And I say, yeah, not directly a story that goes from A to B to C, but yeah, I'll tell you a story and uh, I'll go off topic. I'll get mixed up. I'll go on tangents. But uh, yeah, you you could listen to it. It's like background noise, but just an upgraded version of it. So that's one thing is uh, uh, this is a podcast you don't really listen to. That takes some getting used to. In fact, there's so much getting used to it that for most people, it takes two or three tries for the show to kind of take hold where you realize, oh, wait, I don't hold on to the show. Sleep with me. The way we take hold is by you letting go. You say, oh, wait, oh, it's not a... Because at first, if you're skeptical or doubtful, you're trying to make sense of this podcast or wait and and anticipate when I'm going to put you to sleep or whatever. That's the other thing. Really don't put you to sleep. I'm here to keep you company while you drift off. And just in case you can't sleep, I'm here to the very end. Or if you need a break during the day, I'll be here. So that's a couple things to know. 
what else? Um, um, don't li- Oh, give it a few tries. That's what hundreds of thousands of people have said. Hey, it took two or three tries. At first, I didn't like the show or I didn't get it. And then I realized, oh, yeah, exactly. The most important thing I could tell you is that the reason I make this show is because you deserve a good night's sleep. Your sleep is important and you're important. And if I can help you get the sleep you need and you deserve, that is important to me. Uh, to take your mind off of stuff so you can drift off because then your life is going to be a little bit better, a little bit more manageable. Ideally, at some point, you could be out there and you could be flourishing. So if I can be a part of that, and, and more so in, in a like a, a less uh, halfway their way, you know, I, I'm someone who's gone through a lot of bouts of sleeplessness and it makes me dread bedtime or to start to get uh, have feelings about it like hours before bed because they say, well, I don't know what's going to happen. And I want to be there for you for that part, uh, to make it feel less lonely and maybe take a little bit of that strong feeling out of it. Well, you say, well, at least Scoots is going to be there. So I can feel, you know, I might not... Uh, be looking forward to bedtime, but at least I don't need to dread it anymore because I got my boar friend, my friend in the deep dark night, my boar bay, my boar cuz, my boar sib. He's going to keep me company so the deep dark night might feel a little bit less so because I'm going to have him there. And there's hundreds of thousands of other people listening too that kind of are going through the same thing that we all know how it feels. That's the other reason I make the show because I know how it feels there. That's why I call it the deep dark night. So that's why I make the show. A couple other things that can throw you off if you're new is the structure of the show. And that's understandable because our structure is very different, but it serves a very specific set of purposes. So I just want to tell you about that. So the show starts off with a greeting. Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Normally I say something funny, but I just didn't have anything silly or funny on the top of my mind. But the goal of the greeting is so that you feel welcome, you feel seen, and you say, oh, okay, this show is a little bit lighthearted, about something serious, uh, but a little bit lighthearted. So that's a greeting. Then there's a support, support for the podcast because the podcast comes out for free twice a week. So anybody that needs it can listen to it for free. And the way we're able to do that is through the sponsors and the patrons. Then there's support for listeners. Then there's an intro, which is separate from all that stuff. The intro is actually a show within a show. And the intro... It it serves a few purposes, and it's made this way so that, one, it can introduce new people to the podcast. Two, it's new every time. Like, I don't repeat the intros or I don't have a script. I kind of have a general structure I follow. But that you get something new every single time so that whatever part of you is keeping you awake can't say, oh, here goes Scoots again. Like, you really never know when I'm going to get mixed up and I'm going to go off topic. So it gives you something new because I feel like repetitive stuff has never worked for me in the past. It's worked for me repetitively twice or three times. And then I say, my brain just knows, oh boy, now it's going to start raining there on the tent. And and then it's going to loop in 18 minutes. So um, that's one part of the intro. It's a show within a show. 
because, and it goes on and on and on for like 10, 15, 20 minutes. And that part is that it's a part of the wind down routine for the majority of listeners. And that doesn't mean there's a wrong way to use this podcast. As you become a regular listener, you might find that you want to skip ahead or you might find you're already in bed falling asleep. And that's great. But for a lot of people that listen to the show, and you might want to try this out, is that the intro is their wind down time. So you could start getting ready for bed and listen to the intro. You could get in bed and get comfortable. Or you could be like on the couch or on the floor. That's what I've been doing the last few nights. Uh, Doing your wind down routine and uh, getting into bed like in a, uh, a figurative sense and not so much a fi- like you could actually, well, I guess it's not a figurative sense. Like, I don't know, having a wind down routine. It's, it's something that I know works uh, most of the time, not all the time, but, you know, having some sort of a transition between wake time and trying to go to sleep time. And that's what the intro is. It's a transition And so you could listen to story-only episodes on Patreon or skip ahead, but try it out at least. Uh, Even if you've been listening for a few weeks, say, okay, I'm going to try a wind-down routine. Maybe I'll doodle. Or for me, I've I've been meditating, but I've been lying on the floor next to Koa with my legs up on my bed. None of that's based on any other thing other than, oh, I said, let me try this position here because then I can put my head on Koa's dog bed. So she feels like I'm there for her, but I don't know why I have my legs up. I just said, well, let me, well, I guess because there's not enough room for me to lie down where her bed is. It's uh, close to my bed, but not where I would step out of bed, obviously, because, uh, you know, Co would be sleeping there. And I don't know. I just lie there, do some meditating, I do some journaling do my foam rolling though I'm, you know obviously my legs aren't up on the bed on that but that's the intro is a wind down time then there's a business between the intro and the show again that's how free twice a week uh, the sponsors there and then there's our bedtime story tonight it'll be about a pillow pet uh, that uh, took its own journey and then there's thank yous at the end of the show and that's all, I mean, I guess that's about it. Like, uh, it's something new. If you're a regular listener, you might say, like, usually Koa used to sleep in Sophia's room, even when Sophia's not at my house. Uh, but, uh, and then sometimes Koa would sleep in my room. And then lately I said, uh, do you want to sleep in my room? I noticed a couple of times she would go upstairs uh, and sleep in the, like, uh, living room, common room, whatever. And... Um, I said, do you want to sleep in my, I said, I noticed you're sleeping upstairs. So you want to come in my room and sleep? I'll set a bed up again. I didn't know you wanted to sleep in the same room as me. And that's been nice. Uh, her presence has been nice. And it's also been nice uh, that we have a little wind down time. And I think it helps Koa too, because I say like, otherwise I guess so I'd feel, uh, I'd feel R-U-D-E. I'd say, okay, you get in your bed. I'll get in my bed. Cause I think that's one of the things she liked about Sophia's bed uh, maybe this is too going too much, uh, too much pandering. But even when Sophia wasn't at my house, the night she doesn't stay with me, I would get in bed with Koa in her bed and read next to Koa as part of my wind down routine. 
then I would go and get in my bed. I'd say, good night, Koa, and i pat her on the head or whatever, and I'd go get in my bed. So now we're, you know, we're working on, you know, bedtime resiliency. <laughs> I guess I was trying to make a joke about it, but it's not a joke. It's like a, having a bedtime routine is more just about having that time set aside. And then it can kind of be malleable. You say, okay, well, now we'll do it on the floor in my room. Not as comfortable as a bed. Uh, but uh, there is some comfort to it because I'm close to my doggy poo and uh, I'm chilling out. But I think that's it. I make the show because you're important and your sleep is important. I hope I can help. Now, like I said, this doesn't work for everybody. If you definitely, I say, give the show a few tries. It's free. But if you definitely don't like the show, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you is a place where you can find more sleepy stuff, uh, sleep audio and stuff like that, sleep podcasts to check out but yeah i'm glad you're here i really appreciate your time i work really hard i yearn and i strive and i really hope i can help you fall asleep and here's a couple of ways when your hand hits that fridge tomorrow to remember of how i do it uh, free twice a week thanks all right everybody tonight is is it time for a tale uh that uh, uh is uh, both real and uh, imagined and i don't know what to call it Pillow Pet, where have you gone? Oh, Pillow Pet, oh, Pillow Pet, where have you gone? And it starts uh, not that long ago, believe it or not, the summer of a summer of a year, a recent year that had just gone by, the most recent summer, if you're listening. And the, the, during that summer, a family went on a trip and. Uh, there was uh, parental figures, there was grandparental figures, and there was a child, a very loving child. And she was at a stage in her life uh, where, you know, she was getting going between being a tween and a teen, which is, you know, not easy because technically when you're a teen, you're too, like, uh, Get depending on what you could be considered an adult or you're not an adult, or you get treated like kind of like in and you're changing, your responsibilities are changing, all of that. But there is one or two steady things in this child's life, and one of those things was Pillow Pet. Uh, Pillow Pet was what you would call a stuffy or stuffed animal. Maybe it could be a corporate brand. But it was also it just happened to be the name. If you say, well, that's a Pillow Pet, that's what it, that's what it is when you buy it. What's its, its name is Pillow Pet, by the way. And that's what she called this thing. It was Pillow Pet. Uh, and actually, it was important. The name is important because there was other pillow pets in this kid's life. There was a frog-like pillow pet that was not called pillow pet. And if you had to ask me, if you put me on the spot, you say, Scoots, tell me exactly more about this pillow pet, what it is physically, and break it down for me. And I'd say, okay, I'll try. I could, I could try to do that. So Pillow Pet, I believe, is a toy. And now I think it's a toy like that may have only been purchased at uh, drug stores, but I'm not sure about that. So don't quote me. It could have been more popular than that. And maybe at a time it was popular. And it's a stuffed animal or a stuffed uh, plush toy. 
And my impression was that it was something that could be folded into a pillow and then unfolded and played with. And that's what the original pillow pets may have been. But this pillow pet that that I'm speaking of was, uh, I think it could have been folded up into a smaller pillow. But it was the shape of a small, flat pillow. About, uh, it was a rectangle, it's rectangular and not square. But if you said, like, a comparable to a throw pillow, but about three quarters of a throw pillow, because it was a rectangle, not a square. And it's a rectangle where the sides are, the length, it's a, it's a rectangle width-wise and not height-wise. So it's wider than it is tall. And its thickness, I would put at about one and a half to two inches from puff to puff, maybe three inches if you're really at first uh, discovery. And this pillow pet, I would say, was a cow style, though it could have been um, a Dalmatian. So, and I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I guess that's my first apology to pillow pet. Where, oh, pillow pet, oh, pillow pet, where art thou? My first apology is, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was a cow. So it had, a, so it was a rectangle. It was soft, like a, a really nice fur on one side, and then another, like, uh, belly-like fur on the other side. You could use it as a pillow. I, I would need to fold it over as a prop pillow. And then it had a little plush head that also was not intrusive if you were using it as a pillow. And a tail, and maybe a couple hands, and... uh it was very portable, so good for tri- taking on trips of all the plush you would take. Uh, and normally, for this, uh, for my, for this young child, uh, there was a, a polar bear, which uh, was a polar bear, a plush polar bear, uh, and there was one, a, a Dalmatian of the one hundred and one Dalmatians. Uh, name I forget. The, those two are still with us. Still part of our family. And Pillow Pet, you are too, because, uh, oh, not our family. This is a fictional story. Is this a, this is actually, no, it's a true story and a fictional story. Well, not fiction. So we made this trip uh, this one summer, and Pillow Pet was coming along for the ride. Now, if you're plush and you're on vacation, you don't get to do everything. So Pillow Pet was there in the room at the Caribbean Beach Resort uh, in, uh, I think, Trinidad North was the area we were in. Maybe, don't think it was Trinidad South. And the Caribbean Beach Resort is uh, a Disney resort, uh, very bright buildings to be themed after different areas in the Caribbean. And you could say that it is very... Disney esque as far as you say, okay, uh, the, the whatever the bright pastel type buildings, and there's a lake, a canal type lake, like they have at a lot of places. A lot of walking. None of this would have been important to Pillow Pet, but it is kind of important because you had to walk a lot. Which uh, go get your coffee, you had to walk. Uh, go get your soda or your food, you had to walk. Uh, go to a pool. 
you had to walk, go to get the bus, or not very often when it wasn't uh, stormy, you could walk and take a skyline or a gondola. But Pillipet could really only experience this through our eyes and through our recaps. Because uh, Pillipet's role as a plush is uh, a comforter and as a, as a pillow, really, as a, a snuggable pillow. And one of the big advantages of being a pillow pet. Oh, what's a pillow pet? I guess that's, I described it. Uh, it's a pillow, it's a plush, it's a pillow pet. But this one, this particular pillow pet was also named pillow pet. And it didn't even have a shortened name. It was just pillow pet. Uh, never PP or pillow pet or pet or pillow. Pillow pet. Uh, where's my pillow pet? Where's pillow pet? Make room for pillow pet. So Pillipet, uh with the other plushes and everything that I would stuff in my pockets all day long and have to empty out uh, would be at the hotel room all day long. And uh, Pillipet would also be uh, in bed most of the time. And uh, these particular rooms had full-size beds, uh, which made for quite a uh, comfortable... If uh, if uh, you were sharing a room with more more like uh, multiple people, you say you had one adult in one full bed, and then an adult uh, who makes a sleep podcast and their kid in another full bed and pillow pad. It was quite a it was quite the scene, man. A lot of tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble. Or tossing, turning, temperature impossible to regulate. Uh, Pillipet was there to witness all these things. But we wouldn't be telling you this story, even for a sleep podcast, if that was all there was to it. Because there was another a couple elements to this thing. One of which is that it was... Uh, I don't know what they call it, adjusted housekeeping, which is totally understandable. And at particular, this particular resort and Disney resorts, they do try to, even before changes in the world, they tried to get you to do this anyway. And I'm sure they had like a lot of people with a lot of uh, experience in spreadsheets and, you know, very like... uh, uh, great educations who said, how much do you think, how much does it cost to clean a room? Like total cost. And what do you think is the least we can offer retail to a guest, even though our, and then like, what are our costs to get them to not clean the room every day or not at all? And I don't know when they started doing this. I know that the first time my daughter and I made a father-daughter trip, uh, maybe it was 17 or 18, 2017, 2018, they said, hey, we'll pay, we'll, we'll give you whatever, five bucks a night or 10, maybe it was even 10 bucks a night, or maybe it was just 50 bucks total uh, to not clean your room at all. You could get towels, but we're not going to clean your room. We're going to look in there, but... Uh, we're not going to clean anything, or we'll only clean it once every four days. Or I, don't, I don't know what the arrangement was. And I believe that uh, one time I said yes, and then after that I said no, because, uh, uh, like I said, well, probably better off having it cleaned every once in a while. 
And this particular trip, it happened to be some other kind of modified where once every three days or every other day, they would change the, the bedding. And once or maybe or once every three days or they would clean your room or something like that. It wasn't ever spelled out, I, I, or if it was, I wasn't listening. But so we did get used to, uh, which is totally, like, uh, legitimate. And Well, if it was another hotel, I'd say it's totally legitimate. Uh, but uh, with this particular company, I feel like uh, they're stretching things a little too far. But anyway, not important because... Uh, What's important is that Pillow Pack got used to just being left in the sheets. And if you share a bed with old Scoots, uh, one, you're going to need multiple blankets while he has a sheet because he wants the room to be cold. And he's probably going to want his own top sheet, and that's all he's going to sleep with. Uh, so your bedding gets, and he does a lot of tossing and turning. So you're going to be caught up in those sheets and stuff. But still... You are a pillow pet. You do have some weight and stuff. And normally you would get, like if someone came to clean the room, uh, you'd easily be found, you know, discovered as they were separating things. But this was a unique time in history. And everybody was under a little bit of extra distraction or new to their position or they had to do more was being asked of them than probably by giant corporations. So it probably was fair. And so this is where the tale of pillow pets starts. It's like one day their pillow pet was, uh, and I told the story kind of already once, you know, soothed. Because, uh, oh, well, oh, I guess you can finish it from our perspective before I tell pillow pet's side of the story. So I think what happened is he came back, came back to the room, beds were made, and maybe, and I'm sorry about this, Pillipad, if you're listening, I'm not sure your uh, absence was immediately detected, or if it was, it became, oh, anybody seen Pillipad? No, Pillipad will turn up, though, because the other thing about uh, Scooter and uh, also his daughter and uh, if also sharing a room, even if you're sharing the room with another family member that may be more organized, Scooter's not. Uh, and if he's in a hotel room for three days, any table surface is going to be covered with receipts, podcasting equipment, uh, knickknacks, and uh, change uh, like, uh, and big, 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 big chaotic, which is also a condition for losing a pillow pet because you said, well, in all this chaos, yeah, you're right. Pillow pet might be under a suitcase or a lot like clothes that are cleaned because scooter likes to do a lot of laundry, doesn't like to bring a lot of clothes. So at the time it wasn't that important, but then it was checkout time and oh boy, during checkout time, did we look and we couldn't uh, find old Pillow Pet. Uh, and oh boy, was that a, a moment uh, where we were, you know, the, the, and usually we like Scooter particularly likes to start to organize his like room 
uh, a day before checkout or, or start to pack slowly because it's too strenuous. Uh, undoing the chaos, he likes to do it in stages, not the morning of checkout or late at night the night before. Neither one of those he's learned makes him comfortable. So he likes to do it like the morning before the morning of checkout. Maybe say, okay, I'm going to pack this suitcase up at least, or I'm going to start to organize this. Maybe even, like, so he re- he he hits peak chaos right in the middle of a vacation and then tries to re- retract. And other people have their own ways of dealing with it, you know, and and, and so... But just to say that Pillipet was not discovered under the beds, no Pillipet. In the suitcases, no Pillipet, uh, no Pillipet at all. And so Scooter went down to the main lobby, uh, which was quite a walk that he loved to do. And he said to the people at the lobby, Pillipet is missing, or maybe he called. And they said, okay, well, there's two things you could fill out, two separate forms, one for laundry and one for lost and found. Uh, And we'll automatically email you. Uh, Just tell us. So we filled out those forms and said, we're missing a pillow pet. It goes by the name of pillow pet. And this is what the pillow pet looks like. This is a link to where you could find this pillow pet. And... Yeah, that's what we're trying to find is our lost pillow pets. But that's not where the, well, and, and to, to kind of say, well, pillow pet was never found. But I, you know, just recently, you know, other things were going on. And someone said, to, I really miss pillow pet. I might be a teen now. I might be tough on the outside. I might be resilient on the inside. But I still have a heart, and a part of my heart hurts uh, because Pillow Pet's not in my life anymore. And I said, I understand. Uh, it makes perfect sense. So let's uh, write an ode first to Pillow Pet, or just do some, you, you like type, uh, you, you, you're not like an ode, but where you see, you, you uh, kind of wail. Uh, and you say, Oh, Pillow Pet, where are you? Oh, we miss you. You just make some uh, pronouncements uh, and you vocalize your strong feelings. That's one thing we really do. And that really does uh, help you at least to vocalize your strong feelings and wail. Is that what I said? Wail. You really wail. Oh, pillow pet. Oh. But then once you get some wailing in and then you feel that attachment, you still have, even I who took Pillow Pet for granted most of the time. Never had a resentment with Pillow Pet, though. Maybe there was a moment or two in maybe, but I don't recall. But, I mean, if you're with me, there's always a 100% chance there was at least one moment uh, where I said, Juice, Pillow Pet, uh, you're slowing us down. So I'm sorry about that, too. But I had to think about things from Pillow Pet's perspective. And I thought about it, and I said, well, there's Pillow Pet. And, oh, you want to take over? Yeah, so uh, there I was, just a Pillow Pet. Uh, I'd gone into what I uh, you would call a hibernating mode, both uh, 
way for us to extend our lifespan and cope. Uh, so, because you say, don't you feel lonely? I say, no, we go into a hibernation mode. So we don't actually get lonely. We're lonely for a few moments when hibernation turns off before we've connected with our child. But otherwise, we go into a normal hibernation state. Uh, so I was hibernating. I was in a pile of sheets and a comforter and uh, the spare hotel blankets and a spare sheet and a pillow. Now it's comfortable. I was in hibernation mode where I just get to a, I just am in a state of shutdown, more or less. And I heard the door open, and, and I'd been through this before, actually, hundreds of times. Maybe not hundreds of times, but figuratively at least. And a lovely person came in to change the bedding around. And these particular style hotels, or any hotel in a tourist area based with children, a lot of times uh, I get placed on the nightstand with the other plushes. And, you know, we come out of hibernation because I say, this person's really nice. Uh, they're humming a tune. They're making the most of things. And they're just changing the bedding and the towels only because it's a modified schedule. But this particular time, I don't know what it was. Uh, I think it was just that uh, I was caught, really caught up in the sheets. Uh, really a lot of tossing and turning, plus two sets of top sheets because of the scooter temperature situation. Not that it was anyone's fault. It was a conf you know, a bunch of events coming together. But I got wrapped up and I got tossed in a, in a like kind of like a sack at first uh, with the, the pillowcases. Oh, maybe it was a pillowcase I was in. It must have been. I didn't even realize it till now. And I was in there with the sheets and the pillowcases. Uh, and then I got tossed into a bin. Now I know it was a turquoise bin with other pillowcases and towels and sheets. Uh, and I went into light hibernation mode there because they said, well, this has never happened before. But I'm sure it'll be turn out just fine. And that's a good thing about hibernation mode. People talk about resiliency. Hibernation mode makes you say, okay, well, I have a way to cope with this. It's outside of my comfort zone. Don't know where I'm going I'll be observing things, but uh, my limbic system for use your parlance will be shut down, so I won't be in a mode of uh, worrying about what's going to happen. Another thing you need to know, anticipating what's happening next, is that, you know, I've been washed before in a washing machine. But for a while I sat in this bin, then I felt the bin being pushed by the same person because I could hear their beautiful humming, and I felt them push me somewhere. Then I heard them having a conversation with someone else. I heard the sounds of an engine or a motor, and then I heard clink, clank, 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 and I felt uh, it's, it's just like a train being assembled on times I've watched television. watched a lot of television, obviously. I'll come, you know, you leave the TV on. I'll come right out of hibernation mode, even if I'm alone really isn't that different a thing. But so 
what I was assuming was there was a train of these bins being assembled. And then I felt us moving. I heard the engine of uh, something I had seen and I would see again, which was uh, like a cart. Uh, maybe they call it a golf cart or a Cushman cart, a utility cart. But we started moving. And I said, well, we're moving. And I I, I did sh- shout around to see if there was any other the plush or stuffed animals that I knew. Princess, uh, the uh, Dalmatian, or polar bear, but no, neither one answered my call. But I said, okay, it's fine. Uh, I know I'm with all the bedding. Bedding doesn't have much to say uh, because if they could, if bedding could talk, you wouldn't want to know. So that's why bedding doesn't really, particularly hotel bedding, but even general bedding. Uh, they they had nothing to say, uh, and uh, even if you did say it, they'd say, "Well, even if I had something to say, it's none of your business." Uh, so, uh, because there's a re- very, it's a different relationship. Uh, like uh, betting is right up, you know, it knows everything. If you if you, I think it feels your dreams. Uh, but the thing about betting is, it's not. Uh, it doesn't have anything to say, good or bad. It's it's there uh, with you. I guess when humans use the word compassion, betting is uh, something like that. It's there through your good times and your bad times, through the times your back sweats uh, because you got a coldy cold and because your back sweating. Oh boy, is it sweating! Or maybe you're sweating in a dream uh, or something else. Uh, you're dreaming about something good, something bad. Your bedding there with you. And so I was enveloped in the same bedding, and I felt the bedding saying, Hey, uh, we see you're in a light uh, hibernation mode. So it was feeling that with me. And maybe because I'm made of the same materials, I understood better than humans might that is say oh this is here with me it's experiencing it with me and that brought me comfort and the bedding did talk a little bit said uh, you know we're going to the laundry and i said well thanks for letting me know uh and i said like a washing machine i said yeah but it's an industrial laundry did you get separated from your family yeah apparently i did and uh, um, what's an industrial laundry? Well, it's, it's just a big, like, big washing machines. Uh, and uh, the good news is this particular hotel has it on site. I've been I've been at other hotels. You've got to go to a central location, and then you get distributed. But I'm sure that you'll be... Uh, you'll be separated out when they separate the towels and the sheets and the... Uh, blankets in the pillowcases and they'll discover you and you'll be fine and i said okay great great stuff uh and eventually we reached our location and we were we sat for a while but not too long you know because we were we need to be cleaned because you can't leave laundry sitting around anybody knows that uh and we got, uh, I went into kind of hibernation mode because I didn't want to, uh, I just, I just, I guess it naturally happened. Maybe part of me didn't want to know what was going to happen with the separation. 
And I said, once I'm separated, I'll click back in when I feel that human touch or nearby. But I felt myself going to the washing machine, and it was much bigger than I expected. Uh, and uh, really warm, nice. I felt totally disinfected. Holy cow. And then I was dried, and I still was not identified uh, somehow. I was dried with a bunch of towels. I don't know. Maybe they thought. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I was still caught in a towel. That, that I was hibernated for that. Uh, and then we came out, and we were separated to like I think where we would be, the towels would be. I don't know if they would get ironed or pressed and folded. But I felt myself in a big stack of towels, uh, and I said, the towels were telling me about the pressing, and they said, well, you're not as thin as us, so you'll definitely get discovered before you get pressed. Uh, but, and I said, well, I'm not really in, into being pressed. I'm a pillow pet. Uh, and they said, well, maybe you could make a move or something. And I said, yeah, that's probably for the best. Uh, if I, so I slowly started to make my way up uh, through the towels. And I was still in another, yet another bin. And I got to the top of the bin and I said, well, well." Uh, then I started to hear people moving around. So I said, I'll just lie at the top of the bin. And then someone came and they moved to the bin. And then someone came by and they saw me and they put me on the top of like a, a dryer or something. And it was dusty up there. And I didn't really like that because I was clean. I didn't like it. Now, the dust was laundry dust. Uh, so in some sense, it was clean dust. I, I realized that as I brushed it off me. Because then the lights went out. It must have been the end of the shift. Uh, the laundry, the, the people in the laundry always joked, laundry's always going. Laundry waits for no one. That's some of the jokes I heard. But I, you know, I also, because I'm a pillow pet and not a person, I don't really have a sense of time. And I don't have a sense of regret either. If if I was like a human, I'd say, well, if I would have just stayed there, maybe somebody would have found me. Maybe they would have filled out the proper reports or checked to see if there was a missing pillow pet. They would have known I was a pillow pet. Or they would have been so invested, they would they would have looked, and then they would have returned me to my family. But I don't have a set of sense of regret uh, because you like you can't have one if you're a pillow pet because you you're where you are. You always are where you're supposed to be. It's programmed into our. I don't know, our our sense of being, because otherwise you'd say, like, let's just say, you know, because I've watched a lot of TV and I've seen a lot now that I've been on my own. You you see, you, you go home with a kid and you had imagined you were going to be with a different kid. And then you say, well, I'm not so sure about this kid. I don't like the way, you know, I, I want to go to a tea party. I don't want to go to like a pillow pet as a Frisbee party. And I want to be used as a pillow and not as a, like, a, in the crook of the kid's arm. You're not where you, you're not where you are. You're somewhere else. Uh, and it's impinging on what you're there to do, which is just to be you, a pillow pet. That's all you got to do is just be you and be there and be present. Uh, and the kid 
or the adult, the person will take the lead. And sure, there's things like uh, that I would say are not okay. But we're, we're not send. We're not. We don't have. Uh, you know, we can't just say don't wipe. You know, if you have a runny nose, use a tissue. For the love of all pillow pets in the world, uh, we don't have that option either. Not that I experienced that, uh, but I've seen it now. Now, maybe there was something that happened, uh, because, like I said, we're not supposed to be able to just walk around. But I I don't know, maybe there's something, there must have been something in that clean laundry dust, you know. Because uh, I started to say, well, I'm, I'm not going to lie here. And I don't know. Uh, so if I had a sense of regret, I wouldn't have moved. Uh, but if I, I guess some sort of change had taken place in me where I was uh, changed from being this passive pillow pet to an active pillow pet. And I guess I couldn't be, I couldn't just lie around and hope uh, that I would end up in the right place anymore. And I think part of me is a realist because the people I was with, they were kind of realists. uh, And they would have said, uh, how much time passed? Uh, How much time was on the vacation? And maybe it would have made me feel a little down, but it also would have said, it's the time probably passed. they definitely looked for you. I could feel that. I could feel their love, uh, but they couldn't find you. They don't even know. They didn't even know that there was on happened to be an on-site laundry here, and it's not publicly publicly accessible anyway. So, and they called, and they got told to just you know, fill out this form at this website, or maybe it got emailed to them. Whatever it was. So I didn't have time. So whatever, I got down off that laundry. It just happened to be those few hours when the laundry was silent. Uh, And I did say to myself a few things that carried me forward. And I think it was the advice of the laundry. I said, okay, I think I'm going to be a nocturnal pillow pet because uh, from what I know about vacations and stuff, especially this place, it's pretty busy during the day. And so I set out, and and what I would learn is that, yeah, it was like uh, the middle of the night. I snuck out of the laundry. Uh, It wasn't hard at all. Uh, There was a door, and uh, I did well. It was hard, hard, but not for me because, you know, pillow pet, persistence, persistence of pillow pets. uh, First, I, like, had to jump off something, jumped on on the handle of the door, and it opened, uh, because it was one of those handles with, uh, you know, not a round handle. And I exited the laundry. And I found myself in a, you know, a car, a road with a ton of carts. Uh, and those cars that drive the carts. And I said, okay, this is how I came in. Uh, and uh, this is how all the laundry moves. And the first thing I did was retrace my steps. Now, I was quite far away because I was on the, the central building where the food is and the check-in. I think they call it Old Port Royale. 
And so I walked through there, and the good thing about being a pillow pet uh, in Nocturnal is, one, hard to see you. Two, uh, I don't know, I got pretty good at being stealthy, and, and because of my coloring, I just happen to be somewhat, if it's nighttime, somewhat camouflaged. During the day, I would probably look like some sort of cat walking around or a pillow pet, but at night... Uh, Especially in the bush, I kept to the bushes and, and the stuff. So I went through alongside the food building, Old Port Royal. I could see cobblestones and indoor and outdoor tables. Then I went along a boardwalk uh, and I said, okay, I think, uh, like, I, I was to remember listening to all the conversations in the hotel room and even looking at some of the stuff on the tables. Uh, and when they were walking through the day, uh, they were holding me. I was in bed with them. And luckily, they used a lot of this for material for their podcast and stuff. So I said, I got to get to Trinidad North uh, and know that much. Uh, so I did see a map. I said, okay. Uh, okay, I think I know how to get there. I think I know how to read a map. Uh, so I headed to, I, wa- I knew I wanted to head to, towards the water and then make a left. Uh, and so, yeah, I had it started went from this cobblestone to this boardwalk, which went around a restaurant. And then I took a left, and there was the water on my right. The moon was on the water there, and I headed on the boardwalk, and then there was a bridge to an island. Uh, Now, the bridge was closed. Uh, There was a gate across it, and it said, uh, cast away key open from whatever, dawn till dusk or something like that. I said, okay, well, that's closed. Interesting. So I proceeded to uh, walk a little further, and then I saw the pool. If, I think the pool had a name, and there was actually, the lights were still on. No one was there, but it, so the pool was calm. It had fake cannons that water was dribbling out of, and it looked like an old, some sort of old type of fort or castle. And I'll be honest with you, uh, I said to myself, what would my humans want me to do? Uh, is because there's a water slide. I said, go down that water slide. And then I said, uh, I think I can swim. And then I said, well, maybe I should uh, do this later. And then I said, no, pillow pets, you know, let's be in the now, man. So then I saw that they had all these life preservers and they had one for toddlers. So I grabbed one of those and I went up the stairs you know, because it's easy for me to go through the fence to get to the pool. I had to walk around the pool, the far side of the pool, got the preserver. And I said, I know I can't wear this, but I could use it uh, as a boat or float. Like I'll use it, I'll hold, I'll go on my at my stomach, uh, I'll hold this. Anyway, I'll explain it to you. So I went up the stairs. That took a long time because I had to drag the life preserver behind me or jacket uh, and I got to this up and I knew there was no water running in the slide which was good because I'm soft 
So I practiced at the top of the slide. I said, okay, I'll ride down on my back. Uh, and then right towards the end, I'll put, put the um, life jacket down in front of me, and that'll stop my momentum. I'll fall forward onto the life jacket and then go off, and, and I'll land on my stomach on the life jacket as a boat. And if I hold on, then I should just be able to paddle, and then only my hands will get wet and I can get out of the pool. And I said, there's multiple places, there's a couple stairways that I could try to get out of the pool, but it had one of those zero entry things. So worst case, I could paddle all the way to the other end of the pool and get out, uh, probably be pretty tired. And that ended up being the case. Uh, I went down the water slide and it was so, so fun. Oh boy. Uh, so fun. Uh, I, uh, like, it's one of my traditions now do it almost every night so if you do ever see a pillow pet uh going down a water slide it might be me but it might not you know maybe there's other pillow pets listening now hug your human close uh even if you do adventures like this you'll miss them but this time i just did one water slide but i was tired because i had to go all the way to the other end of the pool where the zero entry where you could just walk in then I got out of the pool. I did leave the vest in the water because I was so tired. Uh, plus, I wanted to step on it. So, again, I didn't get too wet. And I was very, very tired. So, what I did was I, went, I exited the pool again. I was on a boardwalk. Uh, and I knew, again, I have to go left, but I have to walk very, very far. But the good thing is about my, one of my humans, the older one, he always is talking about uh, his dream of hiding out in places and living in places. So I had heard him say one night uh, that about halfway between where their room was and Port Royale, where the pool was, there was a bridge. And on either side of the bridge was a lot of uh, bushes and uh, like different greenery. And he had said, you know, I wonder if you could, if I could, maybe I'll live there for a few days uh, down in those bushes. Like, uh, I think he always wanted to be a nocturnal resident of this place. Uh, so now, in some sense, I was getting to fulfill his dream. And I said, okay, I'll, I can make it there. So one step after another. First, my steps were squishy, but it was a hot, hot night. Uh, so eventually, uh, and it was it just happened to be one of those dry, hot nights. This place is notoriously, uh, it gets very, uh, and, uh, and I've learned how to deal with that. Uh, it gets notoriously humid because, uh, but a spoiler alert, I learned uh, that uh, living outside is not for me because of the humidity. So I do live inside now. And usually I live in a room uh, that no one's in, and I have a couple hiding spots just in case the room got was. It didn't seem like it was rented, but it is. Uh, I can get under up underneath the bed, uh, but up is high enough that someone would have to go under the bed and look up to see me. But this particular night, what I did was to go into this bridge that went over the canal lake. Uh, and actually, it was cool because the gondolas were running. They must have been practicing or something, and they made these cool, silent, almost sounds. 
of, uh, and there was a couple different ones and they were all moving. So I got in these bushes at the, the surrounded the base of this bridge and I got comfortable there and, uh, I fell asleep just as the sun was coming up and I, there I went into hibernation and I stayed there the whole day. Now it was very warm, uh, and it did start to get humid, but then I got up, uh, around two in the morning, I'd say once I stopped hearing anything, and there are still people up moving at that time, but like I said, I'm like more or less invisible. And I got up and I went under the bridge because there was a walking path, uh, and then went up under the bridge again. And I realized that the human, he had said it was like halfway, but he was totally wrong because after you come up under the bridge, there's a path that still goes along the water, right? Uh, and that's where you go from one of the places to Trinidad, north or south, or maybe, I don't know. And then you go along the path, and there's some benches. And if you go left, uh, you, the parallel to the road, you go to the parking lots. Uh, but if you keep going, then there's more benches and garbage cans. And I knew the garbage can was my marker, that it was the room closest to the garbage can. Because the human, he said, uh, what a jackpot. We got a room close to an outside garbage can so we could throw our garbage outside, like like if you had leftovers or something weird. Uh, he just loved you know, There was something that brought him happiness about that, so he was really happy. And so I kept going, and the first thing I noticed was the lights were out in the room, but I also knew that wasn't a good idea, you know, to uh, bug any humans. The other problem I had, though, was that, uh, that, uh, like, I did, there's not very good coverage there for me to hide. And uh, so I didn't know what to do. I was a bit torn. It was 3, 4 in the morning. The lights were out. I couldn't tell if anybody was in the room or not, if they were there. And I didn't want to be discovered if it wasn't them. And, I mean, the realist in me said it's probably been a week. uh, So you're probably not going to find them. But so what I did do is I said, okay, what am I, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? None of these bushes here are going to be able to keep me uh, hidden during the day. And if I tried to go in the uh, vent for the uh, air conditioning, but it felt wet and too cold and not a good idea. And I said, okay, well, huh, this is quite a conundrum here. Like, where or where could a pillow pad lay low, but also have a view of the room? And then I remembered, oh, the garbage can, because the garbage can had a top. Uh, and I said, wait a second, I could probably, like, it had, like, a like a, a, t- a raised top, like a roof, so the rain couldn't get in the garbage can, but that you could throw stuff in. And I said, well, it won't be the most comfortable place uh, for me to go. If I could wedge myself in the top of the garbage can, people would still throw garbage in below me. Nobody's going to look in the top of the garbage can unless someone comes to change it. Maybe even then they wouldn't look in it because it had a door. 
And I said, uh, maybe that's a good place. And I said, I can still have a line of sight to the door. And so I lied there. I got it. You know, I eventually got in there. Now, oh boy, not a good idea. Luckily, my system's much different than a mammal's because it was really warm during the day there. It did happen to rain a lot of the day. But when the sun was out, I didn't, didn't like it one bit. And I watched that room and I watched it for... Two days, I'll be honest with you, because I'm a little bit stubborn, just like my humans. But I didn't see them. You know, the door never opened or closed. I had on light uh, hibernation. So anytime I heard a noise, it came out of hibernation. No one came in and out of that room. Turned out it wasn't rented. And I said to myself, okay, Pillow Pet, uh, this is what it is. This is what it is, uh, Let's uh, let's go on the water slide and uh, let's be where we are. And I just said, it's, I guess it's time to see, what would they want? They'd want me to be where I am too. How can I love my family the best uh, is to start living my new life. Uh, and I also knew, yeah, like the humans, they like... Uh, I've seen the, 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 the human that does the podcast, like, struggle with feeling like, oh, that's too much. Maybe I just need to lie down, or I wish I could just lie down and uh, let it all, you know, it's all too much. This is too, like, oh, you know. And I said, yeah, I feel a little bit like that, too. But what an opportunity. So the first thing I did was go down the water slide then I said, my human would want me to drink soda. And what could be more human than drinking soda? Now, I had to think exactly like my human would, because the soda machines, you need some sort of microchip uh, to make them work. Now, they are on even when the place is closed down for the night, uh, So what I did was I said, okay, so my human, I think he's even like... Uh, said to one of his siblings, don't just throw your cups away when you're leaving. They said, well, we don't need them. So I found a place where uh, a lot of the stuff got thrown away. And I found a lot of those cups. And uh, I like uh, eventually it took me a while to break the bottom of the cup open to find that there was a microchip in those cups. Uh and then I actually, like, found a sewing—long story, but this is, like, progress. There's, like, a gift shop. Uh, there's sewing kit in the gift shop. There was actually free giveaway ones. So I got a sewing kit. I opened up one of my paws, uh, put the microchip in my paw, sewed it back up. First, I tested it to make sure it would work. And it was good for, like, six months or something. So then I get, you know, when I tested it, this is what I do now. Sometimes I like to take an ice bath just for fun. I say, wee, wee, wee. I just press the ice and it comes over me. And a couple of times, you know, I've heard people were working and they said, what's that ice noise or whatever? And I've had to hide, but it's pretty high, easy to hide behind the machines. And because I've been so mobile, I've been getting faster and faster and it turns out, like, unlimited soda for a pillow pet is not a great example because I can eat anything I want, more or less. I mean, I eat a lot of uncompleted, unfinished human food. 
And I, you know, I can drink sparkling water, but yeah, now I put my paw down, pick my soda. And well, I did have to add like this, uh, like a thing from like, uh, that I got from the gift shop that you can use like a touch pen to one of my fingertips so I could use the touch screen. But yeah, I drink soda. I say, okay, let me try that little, uh, cherry, whatever. And then I started going out to the, uh, I explored the Castaway Key. It had a playground. I went on the slides. I actually think I prefer this playground slide uh, towards the end of the night because it, like, I don't have to worry about water or a, a life vest or whatever. And I did think about, like, putting the life vest on my inside, but then my outside would still get wet. Uh, and, I, you know, I can take a bath at the laundry anytime I want. I uh, figured out how to do all that. There's actually, like, a smaller laundry, uh, like, the, with regular machines. Uh, and I figured out, ha- I hacked that thing. It took me a while to learn that. I had to go on the Internet in somebody's office. But I figured out how to do that. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, that's that's all that's going on with me for now. And then, then I'll go into a room. I, I actually go and I check the computer. I say, okay, that room's not going to be rented. It's uh, out of inventory, something they call it. For the most part, that's pretty good. I get in a bed. I get comfortable. I'll be under the covers or I'll sleep under the bed. Uh but I'm just beginning my adventures, I think. I'm, I'm excited to uh, to start, be where I am right now, which is getting comfortable because it's just about 7 a.m. and I'm, I'm about to go to sleep. Uh, so I'm getting comfortable here. I'm snuggled in a room and I'm relaxed and I'm thinking of the love my family sends me and I'm sending it to them. And I'm feeling the compassion holding of my bedding right now as I pillow pet uh, go off uh, to sleep. Good night.